Welcome to Voices of Santa Clara. Having a good idea doesn't get you nothing. And if we'd hit those, there would have been an explosion. We would have died, obviously. Scholarship should cultivate the virtues. Worry more about, am I searching for what I should be doing next in the world? Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Voices of Santa Clara podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Cosgrave, bringing you one last episode of this school year. I will put out another episode later this week with a couple uh, insights around things I've learned this year and some top moments from the podcast. I also wanted to mention that it is graduation season, and I wanted to give a quick shout out to a few Voices of Santa Clara guests who have won some really awesome awards. So uh, we featured Cooper Schur a couple weeks ago on the emergency medical services episode, and he won the Peter Hans Kolvenbach Award, which is given to a graduating senior who exemplifies the ideals of Jesuit education. Um, Also, I interviewed Nicola Gerbino um, and Joala Johns, who were both recognized with Students' Life Awards. And then last year, so it's been a while, but I interviewed Aureli Hernandez as a part of the Study Abroad episode, and she will be doing a Fulbright program. And then finally, Owen Lyons was interviewed a couple months ago, and Owen is the valedictorian of this year. So two straight years, Voices of Santa Clara has interviewed the valedictorian, so that's kind of cool. Congratulations to all those seniors. Today, I am overjoyed to bring you this interview with a graduating senior, Gen Kimura. Uh, I met Gen recently. He did the Global Fellows program, and we had some uh, mutual friends, and we started chatting, and I met up with him, and he's an awesome guy and wanted to include him on this show. So he's uh, majoring in finance and Spanish and starting a career at Oracle in Austin, Texas in a couple months. Uh, Gen is passionate about international business, and we discuss how growing up as a Japanese-American kind of shaped his outlook on the world. As I mentioned, he interned in Bolivia with the Global Fellows Program this summer, and we get into a few of those experiences and how that really shifted the course of his Santa Clara experience. And he currently works for this company called Rakuten, which is a Japanese uh, e-commerce business. And in this conversation, we touch on Gen's improbable journey. Uh, He started out as a soccer player and a pre-med student when he entered Santa Clara, and now he's an international traveler and uh, really passionate about partnerships in international business. And so he shares some of the formational stories and experiences from his four years at Santa Clara that have put him on his current path. So here we go. Please enjoy this interview with Gen Kimura. Again, welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me, Gavin. Yeah, I'd love to start out by asking um, how growing up speaking both Japanese and English kind of like impacted your life and your childhood and your kind of outlook on the world growing up. Yeah, actually, to be honest, I don't think I really recognize the value of it until I really got into college and really started exploring, you know, different cultures and really kind of like the benefit that you can have from growing up in a dual culture i mean honestly as a kid i felt kind of even like embarrassed to like speak japanese in front of my friends like fear of even like you know being off like being left out because i'm speaking a different language but now i really do see like the value of it because i think i maybe look at things in a different perspective in that 
you know, like I did grow up with two cultures simultaneously. One that is Japanese, one that is American. And let me tell you, it's pretty different cultures. <laughs> so um, I think being able to see things in a different light, in a different perspectives is like kind of like built into me due to like the kind of environment that I grew up in speaking to uh, both cultures. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you frequently visit Japan growing up? Yeah, actually. So during second grade, I believe, um, my parents actually just sent me by myself to go to my grandparents' house for like a month. So the school system in Japan, they actually start school in April. So when I went over for summer break, they were like in the midst of school. And it was actually great. I actually got to, yeah, study it at a Japanese uh, school, elementary school for their you know, a month and they really like took me in. I was actually able to conduct some English lessons as well. So that was kind of like my early, um, let's say, adventure into, you know, experiencing a completely different culture than what I was like used to. So. Mm -hmm. And then what about more in like high school moving forward? Did like, did you know you wanted to uh, like travel a lot or that you wanted to spend more time in Japan or anything like that? Yeah, actually, uh, surprisingly, um, until college, I was a homebody, actually. Mm-hmm. Did not ever want to travel. My parents would always be like, hey, like, you know, we're going to go to this family vacation. Do you want to do that? I'd be like, no, no, no. I want to stay home. I want to play soccer. I want to hang out with my friends. But it was actually after uh I quit the soccer team because one of the main reasons why I didn't really like to travel was I wanted to stay and play soccer. But after I quit uh, playing soccer here at Santa Clara, um, it kind of gave me like a first chance to, you know, have the summer to, you know, relax and hang out. So I organized a trip with like my friends and that kind of like changed my outlook on uh, travel because I organized it and we went to Japan, we went to Thailand and that kind of opened up like how great travel is and like the opportunities that you can get from uh experiencing different cultures Hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah what what role did soccer play in your life coming up into college yeah i mean coming into college it was just my life um since i was a little kid i knew i wanted to play division one soccer um during high school i played for the timbers academy teams the u16 and u18s so, you know, we'd be traveling every weekend, whether it be in California to Washington to Canada. So it was really like my life. And when I was got the opportunity to come to Santa Clara and play soccer, it, I had to take it. And did you know you wanted to study business or pursue a career in that? Time, or like, how did you figure that out? I actually came into the school as a college and arts, arts and sciences student. I thought I wanted to go to med school, but very soon maybe even before school started i was like no way i want to do that (laughs) so uh, i actually spent the freshman year really like trying to prepare myself so i can transfer into the business school Mm why did you know you wanted to do business i think i just knew that i wasn't meant for staying at school for 10 years (laughs) i think what i really found passion in is like you know the, the, the side of business that really unlocks different types of potential, I think, you know, med school is like a really straight avenue. You go to, you know, do your pre-med, you go to uh, uh, med school, and then, you know, you're going to start practicing. Uh, unless you're really, really passionate after going through all those years, I don't think it's possible. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's, I didn't see that self in me. So mm-hmm. um, that's why I decided to switch to business. Mm-hmm. And were, were you interested in writing at that time as well or is that something you've developed more 
I think since I, the beginning of college. Yeah, since the beginning of college as well. Yeah, like I said, I think I was very narrow-minded coming into college. You know, soccer, soccer, soccer. But writing definitely has become a lot more of a passion for me. I actually used to hate doing, like, essays. I hated doing – I still kind of do. But um, I think writing for fun and being able to express, like, your own ideas on paper and for anyone who can, you know, at least read English can read it is, I think, a powerful avenue. So mm-hmm. find a lot of value in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it seems like there are so many like, changes that have happened over the last four years, right? Like you're, you're a senior now and you came in, you know, you're playing soccer, you maybe want to go to med school after college and now you're like writing an international business and like what, what about the Santa Clara experience like changed those things in you? Yeah, I, that's a great question. I think just being exposed to so many different kinds of people, whether it be from you know, from around the country to even met some people from, you know, internationally that have come here. And I think what Santa Clara does really well is, I guess it's kind of part of like the liberal arts education and, you know, you know, kind of forcing you to take different kinds of courses. And I think through that, I was able to kind of find like, oh, like this, this interests me or like, hey, like this, you know, it's fine. Like speaking Spanish is something that actually interests me. But no, this type of courses don't. I think I actually find a lot of value in that because how are you going to know what your passions are unless you like at least try it once. Right. So mm-hmm. I think from that, um, I I think I think I've really been able to expand my interests and really find like my true passions. Mm-hmm. So you, you mentioned you mentioned Spanish in there. So did you. Like, what, why'd you want to take a Spanish course and how'd you get interested in that? Yes. Like, isn't two languages enough? <laughs> so actually, this was very late in my college career as well. Um, I went abroad uh, last winter quarter to London okay. um, and I actually had a chance to, you know, go to like Spain. And at that time, I, I took a lot of I took like a decent amount of Spanish in high school, but didn't take any courses till um, till now. But um being able to like kind of use my Spanish again and kind of connect with like the locals was just so fun for me and like mm-hmm. really unlock like, you know, different opportunities that would not have happened if I didn't speak any Spanish at mm-hmm. all. So that was really eye opening for me. So when I actually came back, um, the spring quarter of junior year, I was, I was an MIS minor and I was sitting in a MIS classes. And what we did was we talked about databases for 90 minutes <laughs> I came out of the class and I was like, there is no way I'm going to do this. Uh-huh. So what I actually did is I went straight to the um, uh, the modern uh, uh, language office and switched my minor. Okay. And I know you've written some about your Global Fellows experience in uh, Bolivia. So maybe you kind of touch on that. Like, how did you how did you get into it? Like, what were your expectations going in? And then we can get more into the actual experience. So I actually first want to shout out Professor uh, Tanya Bunger, because she's actually, you know, she is the leader of Global Fellows. And she was actually my business 70 professor my freshman year. And I remember in freshman year when I went into her office hours, she she did mention something about Global Fellows. I didn't really think much about it until um, junior year when, you know, I, I got like an email from one of my fraternity brothers, uh, Austin Dirk, that I don't know, you know anyone should come out and go to like this Global Fellows uh, open house thing. So I went and, you know, I was able to really talk to the people there and about their past experiences this summer, uh, whether that be they went to India, Gambia or Bolivia. And what I really found most interesting about Bolivia was, you know, 
how uh, it's it actually more about like their business. So the company that I work for was AHA Bolivia. They're like an ethical and sustainable manufacturer of like knitwear, plastics. And um, that really interested me working for like a very conscientious uh, business because what they did is they really reinvested their profits into the local community as well. So I really wanted to work for a uh, company like that this summer. So I applied. Um, thankfully, I got in in this uh, last summer was really eye opening. Um, living and working in Bolivia for six weeks and being able to exp- experience a developing country was something that I've never done before. And I think that any like anyone who has opportunities should, mm-hmm. and not in like a way of like oh like you should go and like see like how much your like life is better or anything mm-hmm. like that. Not at all. It's just that. At the end of the day, we're all like living on this like same planet and like whether, you know, you be living in the United States or Bolivia, essentially like all all people or most people really are like the same. And I think that was, you know, we, we laugh at the same things. We, we find happiness in the same things. We find anger in the same things. So um, that was a great experience that I recommend to everyone. So shout out to Ta- Tanya Bunger. And uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Were, were there any specific stories from your time in Bolivia that are really like memorable or that you think you'll will stick with you for years to come? Yeah. So in Bolivia, lunch is a very fundamental part of the culture. And actually every Friday, um, our boss would just, you know, after, after when it became uh, lunchtime on, on Fridays, she would all just take us to the house with all the employees, um, all, all the interns like me. And we would just eat lunch for two hours, won't even go back to the office in the afternoon. And she had the most fascinating guests, whether it be a former sh- personal chef for Magic Johnson, Ronald Reagan, and even the, at the Playboy Mansion for Hugh Hefner, um, whether it be an Argentinian uh, guitar player named Gogo who would perform all around Cochabamba, Bolivia, and whether it be um, Graciela who, who survived the Dirty War in Argentina and was prosecuted and even her some of her family members disappeared in, that, uh, in those events, just met easily the most uh, fascinating group of people that I've ever met. And I think being able to just converse over lunch, converse over, you know, local Bolivian foods and getting to know all these people's stories was something I'll never forget. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess, did did you have any different kind of like either like career hopes or like personal goals or like perspectives on things in your life after coming back from Bolivia that you think that time there kind of helped you like learn or realize? Um, so I guess like after coming back from Bolivia, um, I think I just had like a really strong conviction that I really want to pursue a career in international business. Mm -hmm. So whether that be, you know, connecting two different cultures or multiple cultures and, you know, doing business deals from that, um, I just really found like the value in living in a different country and appreciate the things that you may have grew up with or appreciate the things that you that you experience uh, being in a different culture. Um, that's something that I strongly feel uh, passionate about. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I mean, I always say this, I think if every single person in the world had the opportunity to like experience as much cultures as possible and uh, travel, I really think our world would be less prejudiced, less uh, you know, racist, less uh, discriminatory. And I firmly believe that. So I wanna be able to spread that type of message uh, through business. Mm. 
Yeah. And then like, I guess, what did you kind of pursue in terms of international business after coming back? Like, did your, did either your studies or like internships or anything of that? Like, yeah, absolutely. So currently right now I'm working for uh, Rakuten's overseas sales strategy group. And I also want to shout out another professor, uh, Professor Sean O'Keefe, who was actually very fundamental in, uh, you know, realizing my passions and, and in pursuing that in a, in a job title. So um, I won't go into absolute details here because so you can talk to uh, Professor O'Keefe about it. But he really helped me in, you know, realizing that I want to do international business and in finding firms that align with my values that, you know, that that I that I'm passionate about. And actually, long story short, um, the internship that I've been working uh, since January, they have never taken an intern before. Um, I'm the first intern that they've ever taken. And uh, since it is a a Japanese company. It's essentially like Japan's Amazon. They're able to. My boss was able to go to Tokyo uh, and get get approved uh, from HR for me, so I can start working. And it's been a f- fantastic experience. You know, my job title is connecting U.S. merchants to sell to Japan. So, two completely different cultures and connecting mm. that is what I, yeah, what I. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned in Bolivia that one of the coolest parts for you was getting to. Uh, have lunch with this like broad range of people and kind of hear their stories. I know we've we've talked a little in the past about like your interest in learning other people's stories, but I guess like why is why is that important to you, or what are some directions or projects you can see that like taking on in in the in the future? I think it's just important because. Whether we're like living in the same town, whether we're living in the same state or even country, we all have like very different perspectives because we all grew up in different environments. Like, yeah, we're going to have similarities if we go to like maybe like the same, you know, if we grew up in the same town or like similar type of household. But at the end of the day, I think everyone has like a unique story. And I and I really want to go into every conversation, assuming that the other person knows something that I don't know, because mm-hmm. That's I think that's 100 percent true, you know, so in terms of projects that I want to pursue in the uh, uh, in the future, I mean, I hope to be the next Anthony Bourdain, you know, that's that's my idol. But, um, you know, whether it be just learning about other people's stories through, you know, going there and experiencing like their food, their culture and their traditions that's something that i would absolutely love to do yeah yeah i saw i saw you wrote a like a blog post kind of about anthony Bourdain and food as a way to experience other cultures how, how did you develop that interest or like wh- why like why food yeah i think that kind of goes back to how i grew up as a japanese american so food and japanese culture is fundamental uh-huh. it is you know pretty much everything um whether it be making business deals over food or you know eating with your family having certain types of food on new year's um it's very fundamental to the culture so i think um Growing up in that type of environment where I'm, you know, trying American food as, you know, uh, just naturally by growing up, but also like eating a lot of Japanese food in the household, it just made me really interested in trying different kinds of uh, of cultures, <laughs> foods. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do, do you like cooking? Too? I actually do really like yeah, cooking, okay. yeah. Um, really trying to uh, expand my barbecuing skills at the okay, moment. Okay. I went to uh, the chilling and grilling thing so, okay. uh, a couple of weeks ago, but <laughs> something I love, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great. You're getting close to graduation now, yeah. And like, if you, look, if you look back on your four years at Santa Clara, is there any 
like are there any like de- decisions that stand out or like advice you would give to an incoming student? Because it seems like you've like a lot of people kind of like pick their path and then they kind of stick to the stick to the trail of where that path leads. But it's really cool to see how you've I guess like tried so many different things. So yeah, yeah. I think the biggest piece of advice I can give is that do what you really want to do at that moment and don't worry about what might like happen in the future because it the future changes so rapidly right so like when i came into college i was like oh i want to play soccer all four years you know that's the plan you know score goals like win games but quickly realized that's not what i wanted to do so i think the biggest piece of advice that i can say is that just do what you really feel passionate about and don't worry like if if that's something that you really want to do you'll continue doing it if not move on find something else that you really want to do so i think really in order to find like your true passions and your interests you got to try a multitude of things mm-hmm. yeah and what are you planning on doing after graduation after graduation yeah so um actually right after graduation i'll be traveling to columbia for a month um so i actually applied for the fulbright uh eta columbia um unfortunately i only got placed as a fulbright alternate however i'm just gonna make my own uh, my own fulbright and uh go there for a month so Mm -hmm. and after that i will be uh moving to austin texas and working at oracle yeah awesome what uh like what what about austin excited you or made you want to go there you know like a lot of people just kind of stay local after graduating because it's a little easier maybe with the networks or whatever so yeah Yeah. why why there i think kind of like the excitement of adventure just seeing a different city that i've actually never even been to i only heard great things about it so you know and i also love barbecue and i love mexican food so i don't think i can go wrong right yeah Uh, i'd love to ask a couple of shorter questions at the end here so first like you mentioned the the conscientious capitalism book but are, are there any other like books or authors or um i guess any sort of like media that, that you've enjoyed or that's been kind of like enlightening for you to learn about something new? yeah actually a book that i've really been uh sharing to my housemates is the five hour work week from mm-hmm. tim ferris um, I think any of Tim Ferriss's books is fascinating and really kind of opens up like a different way of seeing, you know, the traditional nine to five, mm-hmm. you know, that we're all kind of pushed into. Mm-hmm. Um, also, another Tim Ferriss book, Tools of Titans, what he does is interviews hundreds of, you know, world class performers, um, whether it be from Arnold Schwarzenegger to even Seth Rogen to, you know, uh, Laird Hamilton. He interviews all of them and uh, asks about similar questions like this like what's like the most recommended book for mm-hmm. you like if you had like a billboard uh what what kind of message would you put on it mm-hmm. so he kind of like picks like the brains of like these hundreds of world-class performers and mm-hmm. reading into that is fascinating it's mm-hmm. kind of like all these men it didn't mean it is called tools of titans and his second book uh tribe of mentors um it really is like a all these world-class performers are mentors for you so mm-hmm. do, do you have an answer to that question of what you would put on a billboard if, if you could putting me on the spot here gavin or the question that i usually ask is like if you could send a message to every person in the mm. united states what would you want to say so you can you, you can pick whichever one you want i know sometimes yeah. those are difficult questions but yeah anything come to mind i think the message that i would say is that try everything once (laughs) try everything once 
if you don't like it, you don't like it. But hey, at least try everything once. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That might sound a little bit too. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like it might get kind of expanded a little bit, but try everything once. Uh huh. You know. And what does an ideal Saturday look like for you? An ideal Saturday, um, you know, I can lie and be like, "Oh, wake up at five a.m., run around uh, ten miles, and uh, do a hike, and all that." But no, I think an ideal Saturday for me would be um, wake up around eight thirty. Um, get like a quick workout in um, sauna and then get home shower. And I think hanging out on the beach, going to the beach, hanging out with good friends, um, having a nice barbecue uh, at, at dinner time, you know, nice beers um, and just hanging out with friends, conversing, talking about our lives, talking about things that matter. And yeah, going home, I think that's a perfect day for me. I just, I think something that involves the beach is mm-hmm. something that, that I need. Yeah. Definitely. But I'm moving to Austin, Texas, so. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. But yeah, well, thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, thank you. Hey, everyone, thanks for listening. You can go to com to read a partial transcript of this episode, follow on Twitter at VoicesOfSCU, or leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. I'll see you next time.